This is JFM Podcast. Very uh, good evening to you. Welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jos. My name is Ponsak Fanab. Yeah, well, today is the 4th, uh, 4th January 2022. Uh, well, Thanksgiving is um, what, you know, you should be constantly uh, doing. I don't know how the year has been for you so far, but I would say so far, so good. Uh, so far, so good indeed. Um, well, we have life, we have, you know, the basic things that will family, basically. Uh, so we have to thank, give thanks for that. Yeah, well, uh, we're going to talk about the economic, uh, the economy, basically. Today, just today, uh, the president appointed his chief economic advisor. And this is coming just one day or uh, two days after the IMF released its own economic prediction. They said that purchasing power of Nigerians will be low. And yesterday I asked a question that how much, uh, not a question basically, I said, you know, in 10 people, it is an armchair, you know, research that I did, you know, in 10 people I asked how many of them have uh, over 20,000 Naira cash in their bank account, liquidity basically. Uh, well, seven or so of them said they don't have, you know, that money. Uh, so liquidity is the amount of money that people have, especially savings deposit, uh, tells well, you know, even economy is doing uh, good or bad, for example. Uh, so we're going to talk about, you know, economic issues to uh, this evening, especially in Plato State. So let me just give you a scenario in Plato State. Lots of people that I know are into small businesses, whether making yogurts, whether making pastries, uh, whether making uh, different, different, you know, things. So the question is, how have they fared? Whether even riding Kekena Pep. I have friends who, uh, that's what they do for a living, riding Kekena Pep. And they're happy. They're, uh, you know, doing it just because they don't have um, uh, employment opportunities. You know, they are underemployed, so to speak, uh, say. So in Plato State, last year, the government brought, um, I would say, policies restricting nightlife. So if you, uh, for example, for people that grill fish, the peak of their business activity is in the night. And if the government will say that, okay, uh, there should be no movement or restricting the number of people that will come out to move, how wise is the government, you know, in uh, providing more economic opportunities? Uh, well, the administration, uh, the Plato State government last year purchased uh, trucks, motorbikes, you know, and it cost taxpayers 1.1, over 1 billion naira. Let me, let me just say that to be uh, the safe side. So what is the essence of this apparatus if uh, the, uh, what do you call it, the cars and the motorbikes, what is the purpose if taxpaying people cannot go out in the night? For example, I don't believe any hour is ungodly. If you prefer, you know, coming back 6 o'clock, that is your business. If I prefer coming back 12 a.m., that is my business. Uh, but for me, if you go out, there should be some economic activity, not going and, uh, and stealing, you know, and, and, and whatnot. So how has the government, you know, provided a platform for more economic activities, you know, uh, to thrive? Our, and I want, you know, small business people to call in the show. Uh, we need to have a conversation, you know, uh, because most of these small businesses are run by young people. You see them, you know, doing, uh, despite lack of ca uh, capital and even their capital, they don't make much profit, you know, they still risk it all, you know, are engaged in, in business. If there's a uh, a spot, for example, that people will, you know, be there and even bring their families out by 10 p.m. and there's assurance of security, imagine how much money we're going to generate. In fact, the state government is going to generate because the more the economic activities, the more the government get money in taxes. I have an expert to help us to understand this issue and many more. He's a, well, he's a lawyer, he's an accountant, he's an economist, um, he's a tax expert. He's anything that you know involves money, uh, he's an expert in, 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 in that field. I have Dr. Dagom Dang. Happy New Year and good to see you, sir. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. Happy New Year and uh, good evening, listener. Let's talk about, you know, uh, my monologue, you know. Last year, I, I have a friend and she's into small business. And I think it was sometime last year that she called me to say, look, you know, things are very hard. She can't break even. She has lost her capital. She isn't making any profit. And then I, I, I sat back. I said, you know, I, I begin to think. I said, why, you know, is, is it, has she made any poor financial decision or business decision? But when I thought about it, like in a larger context, I said, government is to be blamed. You know, government, because if the government restrict the life of people, there wouldn't be more economic opportunities. Uh, industries have shut down, you know, the only two factories. Uh, okay, Coca-Cola shut down manufacturing or production in Plato State. So the only company standing right now that can employ, uh, I would say, over 2,000 people is NASCO. You know, and the government, you know, the uh, government companies have gone. Uh, there aren't new companies springing up. What do, the businesses that we have springing up is basically a relaxation spot, bars and hotels. And if you hear how much, you know, they pay the uh, bartenders and people that work in a hotel, some get as little as 10,000 naira. What can it do for them? Talk to us about, you know, some of the policies that you've seen in Plato State that has crippled the business environment last year. Uh, you know, um, the Plato economy is not isolated from the Nigerian economy as a whole, as well as the Nigerian economy too is not isolated from the global economy. Um, you see, uh, probably, yes, you, you, there are different factors that might affect production uh, or might uh, affect businesses. If I will dissect the economy into three sectors, let me put it this way because we're talking about Plateau State, uh, you know, into consumption, that is from the individual's uh, perspective, they consume, then from the business angle, that is the firms in which they produce and sell to the households, which are the individuals who yeah. consume, yeah. and also government who regulates, who provides the enabling enable environment, environment for, business. for businesses and also consumption too, yeah. I'll put it that way. So uh, if I'm going to analyze it this way, I find that uh, before you can produce, before you can produce from the perspective of the firms, from the perspective of the businesses, you have to look at the needs of the households who would need the product. And uh, that is why, like, in, in a true business sense, you have to carry out your feasibility and come up with your business plan so that you'll be able to now know um, the, the consumption needs of the households and whether what you're producing as a firm will be consumed. Um, so, Sometimes people go into businesses, uh, you know, looking at businesses as what they want to do, interests. Yeah. But they're not looking at the business perspective, the business angle to it. And what's, what's that business angle? The business angle is that what I'm producing, can it be consumed? Do I, I have... Am the, I providing a supply to a demand? That's the, the, the producer is supplying, yeah. whereas the household are consuming, demanding, yeah. demanding. So, do you have the demand? You know, because if you don't have the demand, it definitely it will crash your price. And instead of only crashing your price as the producer, it will even take you off business because nobody is buying what you're selling. Yeah. Let, so, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so basically, looking at the basics, the principles of economics, but. There are other risk factors that any would-be businessman should be able to look at and analyze. Um, and then those risk factors will now be within the environment too. Like, uh, how are you talking about uh, the issue of lockdown, the, the issue of, sorry, uh, curfew, yeah. curfew yeah. and some other things. Like now, if... Because of the environment now, and then I have intention to go into, let's say, kicking up a business, and then I work and I close from work by 4 p.m. I know that that is not my business because I cannot, because uh, kicking up closes by 
six. Yeah. Six. So it means that I cannot go into such business because I have a regulatory risk. Yeah. Because they are regulating the movement of cocaine and peps. So these are the risk factors that a businessman must analyze before going to business. And then if at all, those risks that have been identified and you've assessed them, you've assessed the impact and you've seen that, yes, you can mitigate them and still make profit mm. because the essence of any business is for you to make profit and grow. Because if you make profit, you plow back the profit to the business, business and expand the business and grow. I'm going to put uh, uh, two scenarios to you, Dr. Dan. First, do you think the government should maybe place a ban on building of hotels because it doesn't have much multiply effect, for example? Uh, instead of hotels, maybe the government will say, okay, if you want to uh, build any structure, it should be an industry because that has multiple. I remember, you know, just 20 years ago, you find young people working in several industries, especially around the industrial uh, layout, making money, you know, and, and there was less crime uh, at the time. Uh, that is one. On the other hand, I mean, the government has invested, quote unquote, Terminals, because they announced their intention. I think last year, the year before last, uh, to build you know truck terminals, and this uh, because Jos Plateau is a gateway to different cities. You know, in the northeast, uh, you know the rest of Nigeria. If either you're coming from the northeast or you are uh, going, you know, uh, living you know northern uh, region, what economic opportunities? Are there in this, you know, two scenarios so that, you know, uh, the government will say, okay, we're going to make policy out of this, this and this. uh, And this is what we envisage is going to employ, uh, say, uh, 15,000 people, for example. Yeah. Okay. um, One thing that I'll quickly tell you is that uh, the Nigerian economy is tilted towards the capitalist. It's capitalist inclined. So what am I saying by capitalist inclined? Is that the factors of production have been controlled by individuals, by the, by the private sector, so to say. So what am I talking about factors of production? Land, labor, capital, and, t- and entrepreneurship are being controlled by individuals. So government cannot really dictate and tell you that you must invest in this. So it's a free economy that you invest in any legitimate venture. So for government to say the ban building of hotels, it will never happen. But you see... It may regulate. Yes, they can only regulate and discourage. Maybe probably they can increase maybe uh, maybe a kind of regulatory fee or maybe the amount of... uh, 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 yeah, because we build, we build hotels, but the city is not secured, you know, for people to come in so that, and, and, and spend their money. So, but you see, when you build a hotel and people are patronizing, patronizing and you're making money, that's economics and you're okay. If you have the demand. But if hotels are being built and people are not patronizing, then you don't have the demand. Probably, naturally, you go off business and you might diversify to move into other things. Mm. But I can see situations that some are diversifying into hotel business in, in Jos. Probably, that is the thriving sector. You, you see, it, it depends on the it depends on the location. There are countries that are making money purely on hotels because they are tourist tourism. Yeah, yeah they, are, they, are, they are tourist locations. So we have to look at balance those things. Yeah, industries, fantastic because more jobs are being created when you have industries. But you see, uh, you uh, what the government role. In that aspect, it's not for them to go into the business because business has no uh, government has no business in business. Of course, they can only provide the enabling environment. So, what government should do if at all we have availability of raw materials that they can try and see how they can woo investors to come and invest and have industries because having industries is capital intensive quite okay and then you have to really uh, and that is the role of government for them to showcase and package the state and show it to the world that we have these resources that when you come into the state your cost of production will be reduced and you're going to make profits because you're you've moved near to the raw materials so come and build the industry in plateau so that is one aspect that is just like a kind of kind of moral association just yeah, but, but to, just to what's your assessment of the economic team you know of uh, this government i recall there was a time that he brought boston consulting group uh, they brought a five-year road, pl- road plan. You know, I don't know if it's four been years. four years. I don't know if that has been uh, implemented uh, as we speak. Yeah, um, Plateau State Government 
2019 came up with uh, what they call Plateau State Development Strategy (PSDS) 2019 to 2023. So it's a four-year uh, strategy document that has, uh, you know, Boston Consulting Group, Group yeah. uh, was uh, consulted uh, to draft that particular strategy. So it's a medium-term plan of government in order to achieve eight pillars. So those eight pillars are classified in, into two portfolios. The first portfolio is economic rebate portfolio, which has four pillars. And these four pillars are agriculture, mining, uh, tourism, and then IGR. So those are the four pillars under the economic rebate portfolio. Then we have the sustainable, uh, sustainable enabling uh, uh, portfolio, which has four pillars too. Infrastructure is there. Uh, administration is there. Uh, um, health is there. Education mm. and some other things there. So, But the focus is, is on the economy. So the economic rebate portfolio, which has the four pillars, pillars mining. So government says, okay, they want to concentrate in mining, agriculture, tourism, and probably boost IGR. So, and then uh, another theme that is um, another theme was called upon to draft what is, what is called the MTSS, which is the medium term uh, medium term sector strategy uh, and the medium term revenue framework of all the MDs. So, all MDs came up with their medium term sector strategy and their medium term revenue framework in order to drive the achievement of that plateau state development strategy, four-year development strategy. Mm. So they came up with it and then uh, plateau state government again now uh, established a kind of monitoring evaluation unit called the, uh, the Program Management and Resource Delivery Office, uh, which is to midwife the implementation of the PSDS, which is the development strategy, yeah. and then so that they will now monitor the implementation of the, uh, that is the action plans, the uh, 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 um, uh, MDS action plans, which Ministry encapsulates Department the two, very good, which encapsulates the medium-term stra uh, sector strategy and medium-term revenue framework. So, so far, so good. Yes, because I think uh, I had something small to do with uh, that particular thing. I assessed that uh, implementation of the PSDS. Yes, so far, so good. They are moving. And uh, a lot of institutions have been uh, brought in in order to help, especially on the infrastructure side. Mm. You know, presently we have uh, the PPP agency, the public-private partnership, you know, based on the law, uh, on the uh, concession, uh, so that uh, the would-be investors can come in and invest into uh, infrastructure development in the state. So, uh, yeah, there are things that are quite okay. But I feel that uh, what is on ground today, by my own assessment, you know, I'm not a politician, uh, but I think uh, any governor that will come into 2023, he, he will definitely have institutions to work with. And uh, probably the state is even working on the uh, development uh, agenda, 2030-year plan, you know, because in planning, in development, uh, development planning, mm. you, you normally have a long-term development plan that would be broken down into medium-term strategies. So, so now they're trying to have 30-year. You know, they have the four-year, which is supposed to come after the 30 years. You understand, but they have it, which is still good, mm. and they are looking at it. So they have they have better direction than the first tenor. As far as I'm concerned, the first tenor they didn't have any direction. All right. Well, l let's talk about the holly trucks. You know that I, I raised. You know, movement in and out of plateau, uh, and the well, I, I don't know. Will I say intention? Because the government announced that they are building terminals so that this truck can park and stop congesting the uh, city. You know, inner city. Okay, uh, you see the issue of these trucks. You see, that is where the, the fact that we're saying we say government does not have business in business, but government has regulatory business in business. What am I trying to now put across? You have trucks that are littering all around in the state, dilapidating the already made roads. So you need to regulate that aspect. So that is the regulatory business you have to do for those businesses. So how do you do that? You try to, because in regulation, you can generate monetary in regulation. When you go against the law, you can't 
give penalty and the person will definitely pay and you're making money as a state too. So you see, the whole thing about these trucks that are littering around, government is supposed to now make terminals and see how they can generate revenue from those terminals for the state. And by doing that, you find that they are saving the roads and then also saving accidents and also saving, I mean, movement around in the city. So, but like of these terminals, you have trucks parking everywhere in a place that they're not supposed to And they're to not even uh, paying any revenue Th- that, to That the is the point. Revenue. That's why I said government has a regulatory business <laughs> in order to, you know, control, uh, you know, uh, the menace of these uh, uh, trucks. Let's you know. talk about the main market. You know, Governor Lalong has said, and he's on record, that he's going to rebuild the main market. Uh, well, he said he's going to rebuild the Zaria Road Stadium. We've not seen that. And all these are uh, things that will bring economic prosperity to uh, citizens. But it's like the priority now is to build an 18 billion naira bridge. Do you think that is misplaced, misplacing priority? Uh, or is that uh, uh, because I learned in school that there are things that are urgent and unimportant, things that are unimportant and they are not urgent, and things that are urgent and you know important. I, and it still helps me to do scale of preference right now. Do you think that is a priority and we should uh, be concerned about on the one hand? On the other hand, Every junction, every stop in just Bukuru Metropolis has become a market, mini market. Even Old Airport uh, Junction, as we speak, is a market right now, uh, and is deface is making our beautiful city ugly. And I'm not, you know, uh, saying that the people conducting commercial activities is because they don't have any place to go and do their commercial activities, but they're adding value to the city. But is defacing uh, the city again. What do you think about this? See. Um Issue of priority it depends on the angle that you're looking at. Sometimes, if you're looking at politics as a priority, then definitely you like to achieve your political objectives. But if you're looking at the economy as a priority, and you intend to achieve economic objectives, and what are the economic objectives? One is job creation. Two. Is price stability, which is sometimes beyond government, gov- uh, before beyond the state government, because price okay, stability yeah. is the function of uh, the Central Bank of Nigeria, because it's issue of uh, monetary policy. But in any case, again, even the price stability, government can come in. Why am state I saying governments. state governments can okay. come in in a way? Yeah. Why am I saying that state governments can come in? Like for instance, I just learned that uh, you know a bag of cement is about five thousand naira. Oh sure, in just. But I learned that the same back of cement uh, 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 is about 3,000 naira in Lagos or Zipenu or so I learned that it's about 3,000. So what I said, government can still participate in that price stabilization uh, is to ensure why is my state having this? So what is the problem? What are, so I look at the supply chain. So is there any problem with the supply chain that my state, then they see... If at all there's any blockage, they should be able to now take that. So I'm saying this for Plateau State government to hear this, that cement is being sold in Plateau State more than some other states. So let's see what, what is the blockage in the supply chain, and we're getting it. This. So this is the other side on issue of physical uh, 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 policy of the state government. So that is one, price stability, uh, three, growth of the economy, economic growth, uh, 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 four, uh, we call it, which is beyond the state government, is issue of balance of payment to see how you can have favorable balance of payment. But everything channels towards reducing uh, poverty. So, be either way, you need to achieve those economic objectives. So, if the government is looking at the economy as a priority area, then they have to look at how can we create more jobs by our own spending. How can we now grow the economy by our own spending? Because the spending is supposed to trickle down to have a multiply effect on the yeah, economy. But the so government hasn't done any major construction that, over that, the last you that, know, six that, years. That is the point I'm trying to mention because you, you talked about issue of 18 billion bridge, uh, bridge and then issue of building the market, M- main market and, and stadium. stadium. So you see, in a, in, a, in, a, in a very good analytical, economic analytical uh, you know, uh, environment, then I look at it. If we have, okay, let's say we have three options, building an overhead, 
uh, 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 flyover, uh, constructing the main market, and then the, the, the stadium. Three options, two, three government investment options. It will be analyzed. Which one will bring more benefits to the state in terms of job creation, in terms of economic growth, that is economic activities around it? So which one will you... You analyze the three projects and see which one to go for. But you see, I see the issue of the uh, flyover to be more of the political gain so that he can have a legacy. Because tomorrow, but like that, people will ask. Structure isn't a legacy, is it? Today, we are celebrating that uh, Babajang has built the first overhead, uh, the, uh, I mean, uh, flyover in Plateau State. No, but let's look at how much did uh, Babajang generated as IGR. I don't look at physical, but and, there, there and, are things that and, are uh, immaterial uh, and they're very important now. to us. You learn now. In fact, the man is celebrating that has built the first flyover. So probably the governor is looking at that political angle. Let me also have my landmark by, landmark by building the flyover. So I'm saying it could be a priority to him, but when you analyze other key projects, it might not be a priority per se. So, and then uh, talking about the issue of having markets everywhere, that is the failure of regulation by government because sometimes you have to look at what is happening within the city and see how you can regulate and failure to abide by those uh, uh, rules put in place by government, you penalty will be charged and you generate uh, <laughs> revenue internally for the state government. So having markets everywhere is not what should be done. It's to see if at all we can have corner shops in different, different angwa. Fine. Government can designate some areas to be the corner shops. I could remember some years back that we used to have corner shops. In fact, even this uh, old airport, those shops I think they were product of uh, PIP. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, very good. Ezekiel and Gomez, they, yeah. And they, even the state locust market. You understand? So those are ideas of corner shops, corner shops. So if government can designate locations in, I mean, uh, you know, just it's expanding. We have new anguas. Of course, yeah. So we need to have designated points for small markets. Then bigger markets, you go to the bigger markets. But if at all you want to buy bread, you want to buy small things, there's some areas that should be designated, and government can generate revenue from those designated markets. Yeah. Let's talk about legacy project. It was uh, the legacy project. It was uh, first, you know, over 50 billion naira. It was reviewed to uh, 49 thereabout, and it was reviewed to 27 or 28. Right now, it has been cancelled. You know, because it's not it's not being cancelled. No, no, no. But uh, work isn't ongoing. I mean, just uh, three weeks ago or so, I travelled to uh, most of you know Central Plateau, and I saw the General Hospital in Mangu. I saw the General Hospital Barikinlani, uh, even the one in Rion, for example. Talk to us. Has I mean, why why these uh, wastages? Okay. Of of you know taxpayers' money because I you know my idea is that if that money was plunged into education or even healthcare, it's going to you know help people, especially in rural communities, uh, maybe developing or refurbishment of cottage hospitals. Uh, but uh, talk uh, and who is going to pay for this? For example, okay, you see the long legacy project, the LLP, you know, is a project. That is not really project financing, but like project financing. So they've packaged some projects within the 17 local governments. And uh, they've costed them. And they went to the capital market to access funding. No, so, w- no, not um, say loan or uh, because I know there is no free. No, no, no of course. When, when um, you see, is it a loan or a grant so that you know? No, 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 no. It's not. It's not grant. It's a, loan. Saying, it's a loan. loan. It's a loan. You it's know, there, going to be there, payable. There, the state government there, is going to pay back. You know, there's a way technically that will classify these things. You understand? Okay. So we say, okay, you source for funds. It is being given as bond, yeah. and and bond is an instrument. That is being given the capital market. You understand. So, but you pay back. Of course. But it's a long-term loan, so to say. So, but it's not a bank loan. It's not a term loan coming from the bank. Mm. You understand. So, but it's from the capital market. The access that amount. I think about, about almost like thirty billion or so. So the money has been accessed, and before they can you can access money in the capital market, you have to give them one, two, three things you want to do, and they did that. And in the capital market, they tell you that. They want to have it like a kind of 
public-private partnership. PPP. So you have to get someone who will now contribute his own part. So, uh, be, uh, you see, Blenison is the private sector person that came in. And he said, okay, I have this capacity to contribute into the Lalon Legacy project. So he was awarded to be the person. And then the, the capital market was uh, intimated that, okay, this is the person who is going to drive the implementation. Because the capital market wouldn't like their money to go in vain. They need someone to really guard their money. So, but at the end of the day, when they started implementing the project, Blenison was not meeting up to his own part of the terms. So, and then the state government analyzed, and then they, they, you know, they, 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 they did a kind of a assessment of the whole project. And they've seen that, okay, Blenison is not meeting up to his own part. And they said, okay, no, we have to terminate this and come up with somebody, or to even do, do direct. If you see what is happening with the project, based on what I know, is that Blenison was giving projects to politicians, to the, to the people of the state, to execute before, if he accesses the money, pay them, and he has his own. So he, is not, he has not brought in his money. He has not brought Kobo into the project. As earlier planned. As earlier planned. And that's why the, the, it, it has to. So why I said that, no, the, you know, when you, when you terminate a contract, so for you to rewrite another contract, like for the Plateau State Government, they have to intimate the capital market first, which is uh, FMDQ. They have to uh, communicate with them and tell them, okay, this is the new guy that is going to, uh, you know, but the money is still there. But the whole thing about the money is that the money is still there, but because the time for the payment has reached, now the Plateau State Government has started paying already. Oh, uh, it has started paying, but that thirty oh, about thirty billion, billion is, yeah. is there. But they start paying without the projects on ground, so it is expected that some of these projects have been will have been commi- commissioned by now, but they have not been commissioned. So the whole thing is that we have to pray for, <laughs> for the government. But if not, the money is there. So if at all another government comes in, definitely they will access the money. So uh, so some part of the money have been used quite okay because you know projects have been yeah, going on. So mean. but part of the monies are still there. Let's talk about federal government right, right now. But before the end of the show, are uh, you going to give economic tips for? small businesses uh, because I'm passionate about them. Uh, there's no government job. The state government said uh, you, young people should bring 5500 naira to purchase civil service forms. Nothing has been heard about that and uh, young people are in, involved in small businesses, you know, but uh, again, it's difficult for young people to break even. Uh, let's uh, shift attention to the federal government. IMF has predicted that there will be low purchasing power amidst food shortages, and it definitely shows that inflation is going to go high. Certainly. Talk to us about you know this and the appointment of the chief economic advisor to our president. Just today, we uh, got the announcement. Yeah, um, you see, one thing with the federal government, uh, they I think maybe just recently they are realizing that they've not been using experts. I don't know, although. The no, but you have Bisbal doing Rwanda. the doing doing uh, Dr. Doing Salami, yeah, you know, has been there as the chairman of the presidential advisory committee, uh, presidential economic advisory committee, committee and now he's the uh, chief uh, economic advisor to the president. Um, you see, we have a budget of about. No, the Senate passed seventeen point twelve billion uh, trillion. The president, but, uh, the president you know, sent it with reservations yeah. uh, because what the pre- president sent to the National Assembly was sixteen point three nine trillion naira, and after out of that, we are using about three point eight trillion naira, twenty three percent of it to service debts only. Three point eight trillion naira to service debts. Twenty three percent of will be generated to service debt. We have uh, non-debt recurrent expenditure, which comprises of uh, 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 salaries, that is personal costs and overheads, which which amounts to about 6.9 trillion. Uh, uh, 40, we will 43% of the money we're now going to uh, personal costs and overheads. Whereas 
smaller sum of 5.4 trillion naira will go for capital expenditure which is uh, about 33% which is the one that is expected to create jobs because the other ones you're paying for jobs that have been secured by government government yeah so but what is supposed to create new jobs is the, the capital expenditure aspect so and then you find that government is still not spending enough on this capital expenditure and um, you find that the bulk of some of the monies that have been spent for recurring expenditure uh, they're going into those things that w- that are not supposed to be there. What am I saying? Um, instead of us to take huge money to to maintain peace and order, I, I if mean, I thought we have peace and order, and, but, but doctor, that money would doctor, have been taken for infrastructure. 25% of our national uh, budget has gone to security exactly. to help the troops. I mean, for six years right now, and farmers cannot go even to the farm and farm, and that is why even the price of chicken in the market in December was ten thousand naira. Some sold it as ten thousand naira. That's what I'm saying. The recurring expenditure for defence only is almost one trillion naira. For Minister of Interior, it's about two fifty-eight billion. So, and the whole thing is because of the insecurity. If Nigerians will understand this thing and keep peace with ourselves. These monies can be channeled towards infrastructure and that can create better jobs. If government is also sincere and they are not getting anything for the, from this money, they should fight insecurity to a standstill so that these monies will be channeled to more priority areas and the economy will grow. Yes, we can see that economy is growing by the book, so to say, because there are th- different sectors that can make the economy to grow. Mm. As a third quarter, you know, that is uh, the recent uh, report we have, the economy has grown by about 4.03%. Uh, you know, so, yes, we can say the economy is growing. Probably the fourth quarter we might still get it growing and as uh, we've entered 2022. But you see, the whole thing about this thing is that there are fundamentals that we see in the economy that, of course, it's not well with us. The unemployment rate is going very high. Of course, yeah. More than five Nigerians out of ten Nigerians are, are what unemployed or underemployed. Almost about six. Then more than four out of ten Nigerians are poor. That is living below one dollar. One dollar a day. So you can see those primary indices. That are, that are showing very, very wrong direction. So, you, you see, honestly, we have to look at those particular areas. And you find that government will tell you they are doing social investment programs, blah, 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 all those things. Get How many poor people? In fact, our problem is that we don't even have the statistics. Our database is faulty. We don't know our number in this country. We only project that we're about 200 million people. But... Let's show where the 200 million people are. We had our last census in 2006, in which yeah. we had about 120 mm, billion. So everything, the population figure we have today is issue of projection. It's issue of projection in which we need to have another population census so that we know ourselves. We know what we do. We know those ones who cannot do anything. We know those ones who are strong. We know those ones who have these talents and see how can develop these talents in order to grow the economy. So there are a lot of things to do that to, to really take us out of the woods. But yeah. the way we are going in this country and the way that we've imbibed nepotism, corruption, favoritism or whatever in government I don't think we're going to reach there yeah. because the most critical MDs you see that before you can get jobs there you must know someone not your competence so I don't know where we're going you can join the conversation I've been having a chat with Dr. Dakum Dang and we're looking at you know uh, the economy last year uh, and of course economic projection for this year uh, you can join the conversation we'd love to hear from you 90 9884 before you call you have to turn down the volume of your radio and don't forget that uh, you are limited to just one minute. So let's take the first call. Okay, hello. Hello, Mr. Ponsan. Yeah, good evening. Thank you for calling. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I may have to hang up on you because it jammed. So it's making noise. Please, uh, I'm sorry about that. Call, call us back when you get a chance. Hello. Hello. 
good evening. Thank you for calling. Tell us your name and uh, join the conversation, sir. Thank you, Ponsaka. I'm Comrade Dadon Antiba Solomon. I'm calling from Anguarutuba, Gondola, Magaji. Go ahead, sir. Uh, thank, thank you. you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, we still want uh, to bless this year. Uh, despite the fact we started the year uh, with a serious problem, uh, but I want to believe that uh, God will do his own. And I will again, I will have to appreciate again, you are spoken well. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you, we are discussing uh, the structure of the federal level, at the federal level, down to the state level. Uh, I always say to that uh, the president doesn't have expert advisors. He doesn't have them. That is why this country is a serious mess. It's a serious mess. You know? Uh, in, in, in terms of the economy, you, you know, you know, if you don't have expert advisors, you must mess. And that is why this country this is a serious problem. Uh, you come back to uh, insecurity in this country. You are, you are every Nigerian, a reasonable Nigerian knows that Nigeria, nobody is handling insecurity in this country. Nobody. Even the president will, president will come up and tell us that they are handling insecurity. Nobody in this country. Because we have not seen anybody, even the National Assembly, they have collaborated with the executive that turned this country. Nigeria is a serious problem. And I always say that. We need serious intervention from the national the international community. Yeah. We need intervention from the international community. Coming back to Stretcher, uh, uh, Mr. Ponsak, this is the worst administration, and I don't think we will witness this such an administration again. PDP served Nigeria for good 16 years, PDP. We didn't face this calamity. We didn't face this problem. But if it comes up just seven years, Nigerians have been, Nigerians is, is, is in a critical moment. At a critical moment. And they're still building PDP. Seven years. Thank you. Well, yeah, yeah, well, thank you. This is much we take. You cannot thank you. security. Thank you. This is much we take. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I need to cut. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Tell us your name and uh, join the conversation. Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Kumar. I'm calling from Titi and T Junction. Yeah, we're listening. Yes, I will comment to your guest. He has spoken well. Actually, what I want to comment on is this issue of comparison of this route, which was 8 billion naira, and the terminals and the stadium, which is very, very unfortunate. We don't know the advisors with the uh, governor on economy. But when we check, initially the completion of terminals, if you could remember, I think it's just 4 billion naira, if I can remember. So I think uh, this stadium, if you are going to complete it, it will not worth up to even 2 billion naira. So, but we cannot say that it will compare. And the number of people, job opportunities that we can get in that stadium and all the hotels that will be built around that vicinity, it will generate a lot of income to the government. And in that terminus market, I tell you, as your guests have said, in the, that is, as you said, that is a, every area you have a market. If yeah. you have a very big market that everybody can able to go there and buy things at a very low price, cannot be the with the one that at the area. So if the government can be able to use the opportunity to create or to do that market, I think it will bring a huge income to the Plateau State government. And lastly, I want to comment on this issue of budget. It is very, very unfortunate that we Nigerians, things are happening not the way it's supposed to be. Because the government now, we don't know how they are on using their own analysis or their own ideology. Because if you can see the way the federal government is dashing out money through conditional capital as far, but checking how what is our economic level, which how are we, what is the level of our import and export? Yeah, well, this is much to take. Uh, this is much to take, Sadiq. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, hello. Sorry about that. 0909 uh, In the meantime, let me uh, take some Facebook comment that you've sent in. Nandungbam is saying, My joy is that even government workers are participating in backyard farming and at least it will ease the suspense of the lack. And on security, the government should treat Nigerians equally. Uh, then those who think they are superior will see the need to respect other ethnic groups. Adele uh, Akbabiaka is saying, 
I just wonder what the government of this state is trying to achieve when most of the key industries in the state, like GIB, the famous terminal, still remains an eyesore. Who will grow the okay? Who will the economy grow? You are asking. Hello. Good evening. Thank you very much for calling. I'm Madam Queen from Abatua. Go ahead. Thanks for calling. Thank you. You see, the, the problem why we continue to complain and complain and complain is because some people that don't see the future. You see, before you bring somebody into power to say that this person will become our governor, you have to take what this person has done before. And we keep on repeating the same mistake. Like the, the, the way uh, program in the morning, she said, do we have to vote somebody because he's my brother or because he has to come and take responsibility? And many people, what we do, what they do is to vote somebody because this person is their brother. So when you, when you vote somebody like this, you continue to have the same, the same problem that we've been having. Like this governor now, in his first tunnel, tunnel what did he do? He only paid salary. And they tag him as governor last. In this second turn, has he been paying salary? Paying of salary, no development, no, 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 no capital development, nothing. And you see what for this same person, the second turn I got, for him to come and occupy for the next four years, we have, that is, Latu State has suffered for the past eight years. And if we don't open our eyes, if we don't change this mentality, we will continue to suffer this way. May God help us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, uh, Madam Queen. Hello? Hello? Okay, that wasn't working. Uh, that from SPAM is saying, frankly speaking, Mr. Ponsak, in a failed government, what exactly do you expect? Insecurity now has become a major business, even within the leaders themselves. Who knows if they are conniving with the bandits so as to get kidnapped uh, in order to acquire money from the federal government. I stand to be corrected on this, but please let the president open border for food in order to, for us to be alive. Because he who fight hunger and live, live to fight another uh, day. Haji Salim is saying, my problem with this present government is that they are trying to compare their project with the past government. Please, Governor, uh, forget, over the, uh, forget the overhead bridge for now and focus on rebuilding the terminus market. Moses Daniel is saying, and the APC is ganging up to. I'm not going to continue. Izang Atsi saying, seriously, this administration has already failed us. They can't solve these problems. We are just we just pray for better leaders come 2023. Dimas Balai saying some predictions are just feelings and assumption without making findings and research. I pray that this year will be positive. <laughs> Elkanamo is saying, I love this topic because our government officials are reading it too. But first, we must throw away selfishness, tri uh, tribalism, and religious act to get it right. Our leaders are pouring mind about take, uh, tackling insecurity in this country. Uh, all they care is looting uh, money for themselves and families. They care for... Uh, uh, but what are the citizens doing for the betterment of this country? Greed is the root of evil. Uh, most of the youths are the ones doing this on call act. Uh, not really clear. Dauda Dominic is saying all that the petty trader and the producer or farmer need is security to carry out his or her business legitimately. Uh, Kenneth Dakop is saying, can anyone on the plateau please point to anything on the plateau that this government say it has uh, done, uh, it will do and has done from start to finish? For me, the British flyover is a campaign project, but such is dead on arrival. Yeah, well, uh, Doctor, uh, you've heard what uh, cross-section of Nigerian people have said. Uh, talk to us about uh, people who have small businesses. Uh, Every most ladies in Jaws, um, they are into either selling of bags, shoes, or they are makeup artists. That is a services. Some are even into production of share butter. You know, some are into production of uh, just small small business. Uh, most of the males are into photography. They are into making of shoes. How can they break even in this uh, 2022? How can what are some of the yeah. ideas that you have that you share with, uh, with with us? Yes, I'll quickly talk about that. I want to go back to the issue of the eighteen billion. Yeah, please uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, this, go ahead. This, this, this. So, yeah. uh, uh, okay, let me talk about that. You see, my own opinion, I see that the government should look at because government has budgeted about one oh six billion this year. And out of that, one oh six billion. State or federal government? Federal, uh, state government. Sorry, one oh six six billion. billion. Okay. and then they intend to spend about seventy six billion on recurring expenditure overhead. Uh, uh, and salaries, mm. and they intend to spend 31 billion on capital expenditure, in which 18 billion is going on that 
uh, uh, flyover. So we have to look at the quick wins. If at all we want to decongest the, the, the traffic that is along that uh, British America junction, there is a road, you know, in between uh, uh, that uh, phototech yeah. and plateau hospital. There's a road that it will link you to yeah, yeah. Ministry of Lands. Yeah. You can use more money and expand that road. It will decongest that side. That British uh, Millionaire's Quarters road, you can expand a little bit to, to uh, refill. Mm-hmm. You can expand that road a bit. It will decongest the side. There are other quick wins. The flyover here to Abattoir, you can decongest Ole Airport. Ole Airport is, you have heavy traffic in Ole Airport because this flyover has not concluded. You have to complete this flyover. At the Uton Combridge. Uton Combridge uh, flyover there. Then the road linking uh, Uma Brett to the new government house. That road must be completed. It's not big money. A lot of things have been done there. And you decongest uh, Zaramaganda Junction, Zaramaganda Runabout. So these are quick wins that the government can look at rather than spending 18 billion on just one uh, 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 flyover. flyover. Yeah. So now let's, going back to the small businesses. Small businesses. Yeah. So th- these small businesses, mm. honestly, they have to take their businesses as business because some of them don't divorce themselves from the business. Whatever they have, the little money they have, they tend to spend on their own. They don't, they don't separate their own personal money and the business money. They have to look at the business as entities. And if they look at the businesses as entities, then definitely they are account for the businesses separate from their own money. So, But if not, so that they'll be able to now see whether the business is paying off itself. If any money you're putting into the small business, look at it as you are giving loan to the business. So that business should make profit and pay back the loan that you, the owner, is giving to the business. So look at that angle. Secondly, again, you should look at the marketability of the product you're selling. So you have to look at it. Where is the market? Do you have the market? And you have the market. Is the market good enough or you, in, you, you, you have to expand the market? So what strategies can you use to expand the market? Do you develop new markets? Do you refine your product so that what you're giving out after buying, if you want to sell, you see how you can package it? That is the product. Yeah. So you have to look at how you can reach out to the customers, your customers. You know, you have to look at the easy, the strategies of reaching out to them so that they can buy your products and treat the business as a separate entity from yourself and account for the business separately. And you'll be able to now know what the money you've injected into the business. Thank you very much, Dr. Dang. Always, always uh, enlightening uh, speaking with you and having chat with you. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, May God help our country this year. Thank you very much. This is the much we take on the show. Stay tuned to the news. Top of the hour, six o'clock. My name is Ponsak Fanap. Have a Good evening by now. for listening to JFM Podcasts.